0: On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, we're going to be talking about email funnels and how to stop leaking revenue in your funnels. Do stay tuned. Well, welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenneth, answers them. Also here from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work, in or own an online retail business listen in get involved join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth natural search and our search engine position
1: is critical to the customer flow through the website i personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh,
0: your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Klaviyo in my e-commerce store and in stores I advice for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn In, Bonobos and Chobby's use Klaviyo. Here's why. Klaviyo has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Klaviyo will help automate a lot more sales. Try Klaviyo today on klaviyo.com, spelled K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com so welcome 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 everybody to the 2x e-commerce podcast show i am your host kune campbell and this is the e-commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in online retail so if you're an ambitious online retailer looking to scale by 2x 3x or even 10x just stay tuned because i handpick the guests that come on this show to share their expertise and experience and the one question i ask my guests before they turn up in on you know on the show is can they help you guys my listeners you know rapidly grow metrics such as conversions average order value repeat customer repeat business traffic and automate these sales and if they can do it i bring them to the show Okay. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about email marketing. You know, email marketing is quite fundamental to retaining repeat business, as you can imagine. And, um, you know, um, Acquisition is fantastic and, you know, repeat, nudging people to become repeat customers is even more important because it's a lot cheaper and the most effective way of, you know, executing email marketing is by automating it. And you find the same thing with um, managing Facebook campaigns. When you reach a certain scale, the only way to manage scale, you know, with your Facebook adverts is predominantly with automation eventually. In the same vein with email funnels, you have to effectively create, you have to create automated funnels. My guest on today is an expert in creating email funnels and generating revenue from email marketing he um, he's also a host of a podcast and a creator of. Um, I think he hosts the Wave Break podcast, and he's a creator of um, the email e-commerce email success video series. Beyond that, he tends to work very very you know um closely with um with growing rapidly growing brands um on their email funnels and i think his his key premise is stopping licking revenue from funnels you know stopping licking revenue from funnels it's going to be a very 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 interesting you know episode for you to dig, you know, into and, you know, get a better understanding of the key, you know, automation series you need to, you know, um, start to adapt in your marketing right away. You know, the things like welcome series retention and cart abandonment series and beyond. I'm not going to talk too much, but I would um, start off by introducing Dylan Kelly, the founder of wavebreak.com on this show. Cheers. So, welcome to the show, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Brilliant, brilliant. Could you take a, a minute or less to to introduce yourself and you know just let people know what you're, you're what you're up to in, in the whole e- email marketing?
1: Yeah. So, my name is Dylan Kelly. I'm the founder of Wavebreak, and I help online stores maximize their email marketing
0: revenue. Awesome. Okay. That's really succinct. and you know Yeah. Okay, let's talk about so so how long have you been involved in email marketing and why did you get into email marketing?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I actually didn't start out doing email. I actually started out in the e-commerce space doing conversion rate optimization. Hmm. And I was optimizing landing pages for Facebook ads traffic. So brands were, um, would hire me and I would help them get more conversions from their Facebook ads by optimizing their landing pages. Mm. And things were going good. It was a lot of fun. I was working with some really cool clients until a few summers ago. And I was working with this really awesome client and, and something bad happened. And basically what happened was all of their Facebook ads traffic dried up pretty much overnight. Mm. What happened was bigger brands entered the space and drove up the cost of ads and it it was bad. Like my client was spending six figures on ads every month and generating massive profits. Mm. Then it all just disappeared. From a traffic standpoint, it looked like they had just started their business.
0: Mm.
1: At that point, I started hearing stories like this over and over again Mm. And just like marketing channels drying up or brands relying too much on one channel. And what I found is that times have changed. You used to have minutes to capture someone's attention. Now you have seconds. Facebook ads are getting more expensive. Instagram, new up. The new Instagram update has made organic growth pretty much impossible. Google's ranking factors change as soon as you start ranking well, and not to mention all the other marketing channels and and fads that have come and gone over the years. And seeing all this, I knew that there had to be a better way to consistently get sales. Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered email marketing, and that it's the most powerful and profitable way to grow your e-commerce store. It's got the highest return on investment compared to any other marketing channel in existence and and that's why it's the only thing i do now
0: yeah that's pretty chilly uh chilly story did they ever come around um your, your customers or um did, did their business die
1: no actually they they bounced back and they're, they're better than ever now mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's something you definitely don't want to go through yeah, very and, stressful
0: and, and i suppose um for for listeners the, the big takeaways diversification of traffic you know of you know traffic sources and customer acquisition you know channels
1: yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. You don't want all your eggs in one basket for sure.
0: Okay. Okay. And there's a school, there's, there's a school of thoughts, um, that, um, you know, tends to say, okay, um, for the first 1 million or, you know, 3 million in revenue, 1 to 3 million in revenue, just focus on on, um, on, on generating traffic and getting your customers. And then, you know, the next thing would be on retention when you hit that 3 million mark and when you want to get to maybe 10 million, you know, in revenue. Um, do you agree with the school of thoughts or do you think, um, you know, retailers should start thinking about, um, you know, um, email marketing from the get go, um, to start give you any competitive advantage, um, you know, when you're at zero? I know most of our listeners are not at zero, by the way, but um, yeah, I'd just like to hear your thoughts, please. I think,
1: like... I I do agree with that. I think really, once you get past the 1 million mark, that's when you should double down on retention. Mm. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have any retention in place up to that point. Because when you do have those retention strategies in place, whether it's through email or through something else, you give yourself more room to grow. So whether Mm. that's spending more money on ads because you're squeezing more revenue out of customer on the back end now, or um, just more repeat customers in general, they're just more profitable. And I think that can do a lot for your business, no matter what size it is.
0: Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So what kind of infrastructure, so email collection infrastructure, should people factor in, you know, um, to maximize, um, you know, kicking off an email marketing campaign?
1: For like generating leads or?
0: Yes. um, So for generating email addresses, do you, are we talking, so when you're talking about like, um, you know, email marketing, are you talking about, you know, uh, marketing to existing customers or are you talking about collecting as many email addresses as possible ethically and, you know, attempting to convert them? So, um, by that, I mean, like through like exit intent, you know, pop-ups where they collect emails, um, even though, you know, um. Some of those emails are not necessarily customers yet. Um, what, how do you, would you maximize a collection of, of email addresses?
1: Yeah, so I think that lead gen is a big part of a successful email strategy. Mm. And I think a good email strategy starts with good acquisition of emails. Mm. And there's a few ways you can do that. The one is, yes, emailing past customers, but how do you capture people who aren't customers yet because you're sending all this traffic to your website from your Facebook ads or wherever. And otherwise they're just leaving. And you think about the average, the bounce rate of your website, it's, it's pretty high, right? So you want to capture as many of those people as possible. And so what I found works best is a pop-up and yes, you should use a pop-up. They're not annoying. They actually convert very, very well. And you so should what offer- What kind of
0: conversion rates are you seeing, um, you know, with your client space?
1: Yeah, so it really depends on whether it's it's mobile or desktop. Mm-hmm. But I've seen some of these pop-ups um on desktop convert as high as 30%, which wow. is just crazy. And that's not even for a low traffic site, which is it's wow. um wow. yeah. And people think these things are annoying. They are, but you got to you got to do work. them right.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do it right. How how do we do it right? So
1: people aren't just going to give you their email address for updates. That's great, but People's email addresses are valuable. They hate spam and they're pretty... They have pretty thick skin when it comes to email. They they get mad. They want to unsubscribe, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you need to give them some sort of incentive. And the easiest way to do that is some sort of discount, like 10% off or free shipping, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it is scary to sort of give that profit away if that's not um, something you really want to do for your brand. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to do that, there's tons of other things you can do. Like, for example, a brand called Tortuga. They're a, a carry-on luggage company. Mm-hmm. Their lead magnet is a packing list. And I bet that does really well because that's something their customers are interested in. Mm. And then, um, after that they can go onto email and send them a series that educates them on their products that the person hasn't bought yet and then converts them into a sale.
0: Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, how would you, deal or handle, um, you know, um, emails collected this way. So, um, from, 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 from what I'm looking, from what we discussed so far, um, I suppose you could split out emails in, you know, in two categories and people who are not yet customers and people who are customers. So moving into email marketing, which is what you do and, you know, retention marketing, how do you treat these two segments?
1: Yeah. So an email list is no good unless it converts email subscribers into paying customers. Mm. And the way I treat these people differently is they're both totally different customers. So you have to treat them differently. Like that's, that's the start. And that's, what's great about emails. You can segment your list. So you are treating these people differently. And with automation, you can even do it on autopilot. But Mm. the main gist I found is that new or non-customers, people who aren't customers yet, They don't trust you yet. Mm. They sometimes need a little extra nudge to buy. Mm. And that's where the the discount comes in. Whereas, or or whatever incentive you decide. Whereas the customer, they already trust you. They've bought from you before. Now they just want to see things they're interested in. And they just need to be reminded of you versus a discount for them to take the leap. There's no leap anymore. Mm. It's just a click of a button now. It's Mm. that easy.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, with regards to to email automation, what is the starting point? Um, in the sense that, um, over, let, let's let, let me take two steps back. Um, what should what are the basics? So obviously, we a lot of it takes a lot. It's time consuming. Um, but what activities will yield the the biggest results without necessarily, you know, giving as much time as possible for for listeners who want to just, you know, get some basics done and start to see the returns. And if they see the returns from these sort of activities, they double in or double down on, um, you know, on more investing, you know, more, more resources, time and money into email automation.
1: Right. So when it comes to email and even email automation, it's it's really easy to get overwhelmed. It's a ton of work. Creating the creative is a lot. planning the emails and then creating all the emails and the sequences. and then you can go crazy with the sequences and create a ton of sequences. Mm-hmm. And um, but really, like if you don't have anything set up or your email automation isn't performing that well, you should just focus on what, what I what I know are the top three revenue drivers. And these are the top three um, email automation sequences that will get you the best results the fastest. And those are uh, a welcome series, a retention series, and a cart abandonment series. And you're probably already running some variation of those already.
0: Okay, yeah, on a cart a ba- abandonment series. So, so welcome, a welcome series, a retention series, and a cart abandonment series. Yes. Okay. 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 And, um, in, in terms of like, okay, so I have two questions, one question. Um, one is like, would, should retailers go for text based or should they go for images? You know, Cause like, obviously with, with images, um, it, it's it would obviously be more time consuming What what, what's your best. I know in information marketing, you know, people who are selling services is, is straight up text, but what are you seeing in retail and, you know, in e-commerce?
1: So, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into this, right? So first, it depends on your brand. And the th- I think the best strategy is to not necessarily just send plain plain text and just send image emails. I think what's best is a combination of the two. Mm. So for example, some of your emails can look like somebody just reaching out. For example, an abandoned cart email. Like, hey, saw so you added this to your cart and you didn't buy. Um, give me a call if you need help. Thanks, Brian, CEO of company. Mm. And that can be a plain text email. You could turn it into a pretty uh, card abandonment email with images and stuff, but it might convert better as a plain text email. Mm. The other thing too is like, like, um, what's your brand? What, how much do you care about design? I know a lot of brands care more about design than others. So, and the thing about email is that there's only so many native fonts Mm. and colors and things that you can do in the emails as far as design wise, So for brands who are more conscious about the design and the look of their emails, they usually tend to go with a more image-based email campaign. So it really depends. Like, do you care about design? And if you're worried about the amount of work it takes to create a bunch of images for your emails that look really good and match your brand, just start small. Start with just text. It doesn't have to be pretty. Throw some images in there of products and your brand and people wearing it or whatever it is, using it. Mm. And videos and other content, it doesn't have to be just text and you can change the sizes of it, but just start small, start with a minimal creative, like minimal design, and then just get the flows going. Because what happens is the design matters less than you think, actually. Mm. Mm. And what more matters is sending the right message at the right time. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a that's that's a solid quote. Um you know it's that's very quote worthy. Um design matters less. It's more about the message okay at that point in time. Okay, let's talk about lengths of um, you know, each sequence of major sequences you talked about, which is um the welcome series, the, the retention and the cart abandonment. Um what's a perfect length? How many messages um should we be looking at um for the perfect welcome series?
1: Yeah, so The amount of messages depends on the specific series. But what I find people do is that they stop too soon. So they might send the initial offer and then be done or send the initial offer, send a brand story and then be be done. So that might look like 10% off. Here's who we are in the next email. That's it. But really what you want to do is honestly in the welcome series, it's kind of like the more emails, the better. And you kind of have a sense of at what point people are going to buy from you or not become a customer after they're on your list for a while. Mm-hmm. And really, I like to keep following up until there's a purchase. And that doesn't mean follow up for six months, because after that point, no one's going to buy it. But it's just giving people enough chance to buy because people are busy, right? And people forget. And so if you send that initial offer, make sure you follow up, remind people. And then a few days later, follow up again and make it time sensitive. Give people some urgency there to to do it again. Then after that, what I like to do is it's take a little break from the discounts just because not everyone needs a discount to buy. And you don't want people to think that, oh, they're just going to keep increasing the discount. So I'm just going to wait to six months to make my first purchase because that's no good. So at that point, I like to go into an email that doesn't have any extra incentive. So that might be like, here's our best sellers or here's what's new at our company. And after that, I like to go into a discount ladder and so upping the ante a little bit. So if you previously offered 10% off, now you're offering 15% off. And once again, you're not just sending one email. You want to send an email with your initial offer, follow up with a reminder a few days later, and then a few days after that, let them know that their code is expiring and that's going to drive a lot of urgency and squeeze out even more sales.
0: Okay. So, so the first few um, emails would be a few days apart. Um, so beyond the first few emails um how many how, how how would you suggest spacing out um you know messaging and um how long do you think um you know retailers should keep at it for 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 the welcome series i think um
1: in the beginning, i mean it for one, it depends on how often you want to be in people's inboxes. some brands have a preference where it's like I really don't want to be in that often um but I find like If you email too quickly right away, some people haven't had a chance to open your first email. What I found is that giving three to five days between each email or even more is that more people will see your last email and open it. And what that lets you do is it lets you not have to raise your discount as fast and give away more profit. Mm -hmm. And as far as just starting out and making your, your welcome series, I think you should start with just two offers, right? So your initial offer, whatever your lead magnet was, follow up with that a few times. Then follow up with two emails that don't have any offers. And then after that, follow up with your next offer. So if you had 10% off the first time, now you want to do 15% off. And then after that, that's where you can kind of say, okay, we got the welcome series that's that's built. Now we can go focus on the other things. We're confident that this is going to convert a bunch of people. And then later you can go back and, and test different discounts, add more emails and experiment with that sort of
0: thing. It makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Which would you do first, um, a welcome series or a Katz Banderman series?
1: Yeah. So... That's a great question. And I like to start with the cart abandonment series just because it's closer to the money, right?
0: Mm, mm, mm.
1: And you, those people are a lot higher chance of them buying than somebody in your welcome series just because they already have shown intent. They've added the product to their cart. Their wallet was out. And now you just have to follow up to figure out, okay, why didn't they buy? Answer those objections and then recover the sale.
0: Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And then what does um retention is a very contentious um, you know, topic. Um it can go so sophisticated. There are so many platforms, you know, offering, you know, retention. Um so with regards to the retention series, what's your approach? Um and you know I suppose it will vary. So if like, you know, my store sold a few products, say we were just selling, you know, men's um, shaving, um, you know, products, for instance, and we had like maybe 10 SKUs or 20 SKUs, it would really differ to like a fully cataloged e-commerce, you know, business with say thousands of SKUs. How do you, where should, you know, um, retailers start um, with regards to, to retention?
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point, right? Some people have not a lot of skews, and then other people have thousands. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on that. So if you don't have a lot of skews, I think the best retention strategy is to go into your different products. So, for example, a um, a shaving company, mm-hmm. you buy the shave cream, and then, well, it's gonna run out. Figure out how long does it normally last, and then. I would create a specific series to f- like for each product. So
0: so product-driven example- retention s- series. Okay, right. exactly, and
1: then cross-selling things as well. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, if they you buy the shave cream, let's say the average person uses it up in forty-five days, mm-hmm. then I would follow up thirty days later and say, "Hey, you're you're running out. You should buy it." And a lot of people will buy because they're like, oh yeah, I was running out. Because when you're shaving, you're not really remembering to order more shave cream until you go to shave. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that happened to me the other day. <laughs> sure, <man. laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so you want to follow up there. And then the other thing is, if they're already using this product, what other products do they have that are similar? So for example, maybe you have a razor too, mm-hmm. and this person loves your other products And they'll gladly use your razor, but they don't even know you have it. So just following up with that. And that's the best strategy when you don't have a lot of skews. Now, let's say you're an apparel retailer with who knows how many, like thousands of products. Mm -hmm. And they change all the time with the different seasons. I think the best way to approach that is to come at it from a more general angle. Not necessarily, um, you bought this dress, now add this matching dress to your closet. More as like, you bought this awesome piece of clothing from us. Um look at all these other
0: awesome pieces of clothing we have. Yeah, which could be and based on the collection or the category, right?
1: Exactly. Tags. And yeah. And from there you can go in and find your best sellers and segment it, but um and like send specific series to the best selling products. It's like your top three or five. But just start just so, with so, the general.
0: So so Dylan, what platform what 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 retention or, you know, um, email marketing platform do you think will you know, kind of get to the nitty gritty of um, how your, you know, catalogue works and, you know, cleverly, make those recommendations or work based on tags or, or collections. So, you know, people with fully cataloged, um, you know, um, e-commerce stores don't put so much time. That is the, I think, major fear a lot of people have. They, they, um, especially when they can't necessarily afford a dedicated, you know, um, retention person, you know, in, in house.
1: When I started working with online stores and running their email marketing and helping them retain more customers, I used to work with any email service provider, which is just, I don't know, like a fancy way to say email software, but that's what they're called.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, us, yeah.
1: But, um, but yeah, so like MailChimp, Klaviyo, Remarkety, DotMail, Drip, there's a ton of this email software out there. Mm-hmm. And after spending hours and hours in these ESPs, which is short for email service provider, mm-hmm. uh, I figured out which one was the best. And now I work exclusively with that ESP. And the winner was Clavio. It's got an awesome integration into your online store, whether you sell on Shopify or, or Commerce or whatever. The automation, segmentation, and reporting are on another level. You can make it super targeted. Like we were talking about the, the collections mm-hmm. and the specific products, you can easily create upsells and you set it once and forget it. And so if you're serious about building a store, an online store, and growing it, you got to use Clavio
0: well interesting their sponsors i call them clavio but um it's <laughs> my accent right so yeah but yeah clavio yeah. they, they are they are fantastic and um you're not the first person actually saying saying this um and i personally use clavio and um yeah, i i would second you know what you just said with regards to the ease of use and um you know uh the, the functionality i don't think i've you know used up to 30 percent of its you know capability but i i, I see it it's 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 a great great platform okay um so so you reckon with with that um you know, you could have a a pretty decent retention series going. um, And I think it makes a lot of sense um, when you said um, for a fully cataloged, you know, business, you go more general um, rather than um, product specific because it could really get messy, um, you know, with a lot of dead ends um, if um, your catalog keeps changing, um, which makes a lot of sense. So with regards to CAT um, Abandonment series, what does the perfect, you know, setup look like?
1: We were talking about this earlier and well, not about cart abandonment series, but about how customers and people who aren't customers are different. They buy differently. They're totally different people. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be part of our strategy. And the typical shopping cart abandonment rate is like for online stores is between 60% and 80%. So if you run an online store that generates a million in revenue, that means abandoned carts are costing you like to $4 million per year. Mm -hmm. And if you recover just 10% of those abandoned carts, you're looking at like an extra 250,000 to $400,000 in sales per year. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need a cart abandonment series. Um, But most people get this wrong. And the thing is, Everyone making a purchase from you is different. Some people are past customers. Some people aren't. And it's important to treat these people differently based on their behavior because they buy differently. Mm. And the best place to start here is by treating your customers and non-customers differently. So for non-customers, you want to offer a little more incentive sometimes. Mm. Your customers already trust you and don't need an extra discount to buy. But sometimes you just need to nudge these people, gently nudge them to make their first purchase. So if we start with non-customers and how to recover their sale, um, the thing is I don't like to send a, uh, a discount right away. So I start by just sending a reminder a few hours later, usually one to four hours later, no discount, just remind them that they might've forgot striking while they're hot, just making the email targeted and including the product that they added to their cart and mm-hmm. sending it right away. I found does wonders for this email mm. and, and, There's no discount yet. You're not giving anything away. You're just reminding them to buy. Because who knows? Maybe they just got distracted. Mm -hmm. A day later, that's when I like to follow up with a small incentive. For example, a small discount. It could be the same as your lead magnet. So if you offered 10% off, you could do 10% off. For these discounts, I don't like to go over like 15% because that's just dangerous. Because now you're, you're training people. But a few days after that, I like to send another email to let them know their incentive is expiring. Okay. And now that's, that's a total of three emails. And for the customers, we're going to do the same amount of emails, except we're not going to do discounts okay. because they don't need that extra incentive to buy. They just need to be reminded. Mm. And so you want to send the first email a few hours after they abandoned their shopping cart. Mm-hmm. And it's just, once again, a reminder, just, hey, you left this in your cart. Here's. Here's how you complete your purchase. Include your shipping and returns policy on that page, because that's a common objection. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is include customer support info, because sometimes people just need to give you a call and say, hey, yeah. I have this question about this. Yeah. You can close them on the phone. It's easy.
0: Yeah, A, um, a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, customer service and customer support is actually a profit center, because um, some people just want to talk to a human um, before they, they commit to to making payment.
1: Yeah. I mean, for example, if you're buying a mattress, you, you're you making an investment for the next few years mm-hmm. and you want to know it's good. And sometimes you don't even want to talk to anyone or email anybody in customer service. You just want to know that somebody's there for you. So you see that customer service information and it just ticks a box in your mind, sometimes mm-hmm. without even knowing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you complete the purchase.
0: 100% and so, agree.
1: Yeah. So just, so just remind them a few hours later, just like that first email, And then a day later, follow up with a similar reminder email. And once again, it's we're striking while they're hot. Mm -hmm. And then a few days after that second reminder email, we're going to send our final email to let them know that their cart is expiring. Mm -hmm. And now this creates the same urgency as an expiring discount without giving away any extra profit. Mm -hmm. And this is just the beginning. Like, you can create separate sequences for your high-value orders, too, and you get really specific, but I think the best place to start is by treating your customers and non-customers differently.
0: Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I haven't actually heard, you know, that, um, but... It just makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, so you definitely would not use the default, um, you know, um, card abandonment series, um, lots of, um, ESPs provide you, you would definitely want to segment, which, which just makes, you know, um, perfect sense. Okay. Um, so beyond these three sequences, the welcome series, the retention series and the cart abandonment series, are they any other series, you know, um, we should be aware of that will, you know, um, generate revenue and pay for themselves?
1: Yeah. So the, the sequences I just shared are the top revenue drivers when it comes to email automation, okay. that's where you should start. Um, but they're like, you can go crazy with it and, um, add browse abandonment emails, something called a bounce back series. Like there's so many different series you can add. And, um, actually I can share two underrated emails that drive thousands of sales every month. If you want me to, I can drop two it. more real yeah, quick. Yeah, All right, definitely. cool. So one of those is browse abandonment emails. So this is something that a lot of people, it's kind of like a pop-up. People are like, ah, that seems kind of annoying. Like they just view a product and they get an email. And so these are the emails that send to people who viewed a product but didn't buy or add to their cart. And what's powerful about these is that they're super targeted. So if you just looked at a product and now it's in your email, it's super relevant to you. And that's that's like one of the number one things when it comes to a successful email, relevance. Um, and recently I set up a browse abandonment campaign for a client and the, back in January, we're recording this in March um, and it's already doing 2,500 per month, which is an extra $30,000 in sales per year, which is insane from just two emails.
0: Not bad, not bad. What's a breakdown? So, so how... I just wanted to to figure out what the technology behind this is, you, you you know, because obviously Clavio, how does Clavio know that you are browsing a a product? You know, how do you trigger, just wanted to figure out what the technicality, you know, uh, behind this, how it works.
1: Yeah, so inside Klaviyo, uh, that's one. That's one of the powers of it uh, is its integration with Shopify, Big Commerce, or whatever platform you use. Is that all the major platforms? It just integrates with and it sets up a trigger called viewed product. So. It basically creates a list of everybody who's viewed a product recently who you have an email for. Mm-hmm. And then that gives you a list of people who you can now email based on that behavior. And okay. it's super easy to set up if you're on a major platform or if you're not on one of those platforms, you can just go in and they have the code and you can copy and paste it into your store yourself.
0: So do you require any customization beyond the app install and um, for, for Shopify, um, for, for Klaviyo? Do, do, do 'Cause I I noticed um there were some extra bits of code. I'm I'm not sure if this is still the case, but a few years ago or a year ago, they there were it required additional customization, you know, similar to if you wanted to sort of install like um, you know, Google Tag Manager or Google Analytics where you needed to, you know, beyond just installing the app, you need to do a few few more things. So did you require any, you know, um, you know, technical um yeah. You know, any custom installation um, to to make, you know, such, you know, to, to, to trigger such, um, you know, um, features.
1: So to get started, no, you don't. But if you're serious about taking things to the next level, Mm. um, there's a lot of things you can add to your store, like different, um, different tags. Mm. Like for example, um, you can this is an an advanced strategy don't worry about it yet but, but um what you can do is there's they have, they have a snippet that you can add to your store where it will let you know when somebody adds a product to their cart not just uh, abandons checkout but lets you know when they add it to your cart so okay. th- th- yeah, that's super powerful. It's not a direct integration, but it's just a simple copy and paste of a code into your, your theme file.
0: And does that match an email address? So, you know, um, it's one thing knowing they've added to cart, but if it doesn't match an identity, then it's just data, right?
1: Yeah. So for the people who you already have their email address, it'll match them up and then you can send them uh, like an added to cart series, See, which is basically like a cart abandonment, but mm-hmm. it's like before that. Mm, um, makes sense. Makes which sense. rescues even more sales than yeah. the people who just bounced from checkout.
0: That's ninja. All right. Dylan, that, that's <laughs>
1: yeah. Amazing. That's yeah. some next level stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Then, um, beyond the, the, the browse abandonment series, um, what about the winback series? Um, it was, was it the win back series you were talking about in terms of like the second? So,
1: The win-back series is powerful, but what I said was bounce-back series. And this is kind of, it's it's, it's kind of underrated. It's kind of, no one really talks about it. But what this does is this solves the one-time buyer problem, which is where the majority of people probably come to your store and never buy again. And for a lot of stores, this number is like 80% or something. And this is bad because one-time buyers are often barely profitable or not profitable at all. Mm -hmm. And so you can reduce that with a single email called a bounce back email. And this is used by brick and mortar retailers all the time. And what it is, is a discount or offer that you receive right after you make a purchase. So sometimes it's on your receipt after you go to a retail store. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to get the customer to come back to the store and redeem the offer. And it's one email with one simple offer. It could be, for example, 30% off for an hour, 25% off for the next 24 hours. If you don't want to do a discount, you could do on any purchase that you make in the next 24 hours, we'll include this free gift. It's super simple, but extremely effective. I work with seven-figure stores, and they do thousands every month with this email. And it gets rid of that one-time buyer problem.
0: It makes a uh, massive, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Especially if you, there's a lot of context with um, your next offer and their initial purchase. Um, yeah, that makes, makes a lot of sense.
1: Exactly. Awesome. For w- one retailer I work with, they sell um, necklaces and a lot of people we saw, they were like, they would leave reviews and say, I'm getting the bracelet next. And so what we did was we made a product sp- product-specific. So if they buy the necklace, we immediately say, hold up, add this bracelet to your order too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that converts really
0: well. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I suppose retailers can also have a look at you know their top sellers because a lot of the time you'd find that 20 to 30 percent of a certain number of um, you know your SKUs or products actually generate you know a vast majority of your income 60 to eighty percent so you could actually create you know what you just alluded to um, earlier which is like a bounce back for each of those top sellers and um, you know if you, you could go ninja and figure out um, you know what are people more likely to purchase when they you know when they buy our top selling purchase and then you just create a bounce back series specifically for, for that. Amazing, 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 yeah. amazing insights. Okay. Um, so, um, what about cross-sells and, and upsells? What, what are your thoughts on that? I'm um, just, just my final question before we, we wrap up. Um, but yeah, what, what, a what's your approach to cross-selling? Um, would you leave, um, like cross-selling intelligence to the, um, to the Either to, to the platform or would you should it be something you manually set up and you know sort of um you know um build out?
1: Yeah, so well kind of like you just said where t- sixty to eighty percent of your sales come from twenty to thirty percent of your products. I think that it's kind of the same thing. So for your cross sells for your upsells, start by just creating a generic um, a generic series to to target everyone. Mm-hmm. And so not super specific, but once you have that in place, then you can go figure out your best sellers and create specific cross-sells and upsells for those products. Mm. And the thing is, a lot of people think that these, these cross-sells and upsells are going to happen naturally. But the truth is the most success from forgetting repeat purchases and driving sales from email is just by asking for the sale and being direct and not beating around the bush. It's just like, hey, you bought this. You would also love this because people also love this. Um, and just by being targeted, and like we've been talking about this whole time, by treating people differently based on their behavior, in this case, the products they bought, um, like that that's the biggest thing. So I would start with just the, the g- generic upsell, um, cross-sell email, and just in Klaviyo, you can create feeds. And in the feeds, you can just, it's its really smart, like really smart. It can automatically recommend products that people might like based on their past purchase, um, which is just crazy. Um, so I'd start with something like that. And then after you have that set up, you're not leaving anything leaking through the bottom. Um, Now you can go into your best sellers and build out specific upsells and cross-sells for those series with specific products. For example, like we talked about before, the shave cream to the more shave cream to the razor, that sort of thing.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Before I let you go, what about open rates in general with with email? Um, I I was going to talk about this much earlier, you know, in our conversation, but um, open rates seem to be, you know, um, going lower, lower, lower. What strategies from, from your experience and, you know, from, from even automation can, um, retailers employ to, to improving their open rates, mm-hmm. especially so. tabbed, you know, um, um, you know, with the tab layout on, on Gmail, for instance, where everything just goes into promotions hmm So I think it starts, a lot of people think it's like, oh,
1: what's the magic subject line? And I really think that's like part two. I think part one is sending targeted offers to the right people. So if you bought the shave cream, you want more shave cream. You don't want suntan lotion or <laughs> something mm-hmm. random or a toothbrush. <laughs> You're buying shaving-related products. And so I think it starts with that. A relevant offer makes a big difference in open rates. So if you sell adult products and kid products, Segment the people who bought kid products and just email those people. And that's kind of what's awesome about automation is that you get higher open rates because your offers are more targeted because it's based on people's behavior. And now just in general for open rates, um, one thing you can do if you're not already doing this is know who your engaged subscribers are. Only email people who have opened an email in the last 60 days or less just doing that alone is going to like for one retailer, they were emailing everybody that I worked with. They were doing like a gosh, like four to 8% open rate, which is not that good. It was a lot of people they were emailing, but you know, they were doing okay. And then we decided to just focus on, okay, let's just focus on the people who opened in the last 60 days, generated the same amount of revenue and the open rate like tripled, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, it, that, that's the power of like first segment, make sure your offer is targeted and to that right person. And then for subject lines, make them intriguing. Your goal of the subject line is to get people to open the email, it's not to get people to buy. You want to just subject line, get people to open the email, make it vague, make it intriguing. After they open the email, get the email. The goal of the email is to get people to click to the website. And the goal of the website is to convert the customer.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, many, 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 many thanks, Dylan. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But before you go, I'd like to take you through our evergreen questions. if I'm going to just ask ask you about three questions and if you could, you know, answer them with a single, you know, um, answer, that'd be perfect. So how do you hire people?
1: That's a great question. So for me personally, what I found works best is when you just try to to just hire people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just it doesn't work. What I do is first I make a list of like what's the job i map it out standard operating procedure okay here's exactly what this person has to do when you bring somebody into a checklist it's so much easier than just having somebody ro- run wild like i remember an experience back in the day where i had a manager who didn't really do anything he didn't really help me i was just kind of on my own and Well, the project didn't go very well. But if you can just tell people, hey, um, like customer service, okay, at 8 a.m., you go through this email, reply to everyone's email, check the same email at 12 p.m., blah, 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 and just map it out step by step, make it as hard as possible for people to fail. That's that's the best place to start. People
0: don't fail, processes, bad processes actually fail. Okay. What's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean, a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I'm trying to think a setback that's well, I think it's like, for me is like my last, like, well, my business, when I was doing conversion rate optimization, it Mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know when my client failed, it's almost like I started to fail because it was like, I was scared. Mm. Um, and my business took a dip because of that. But now, um, I've, I used that to find email and now I'm in a better place than I was back then.
0: Yeah. I, and
1: I, I wouldn't have gotten there without this.
0: Yeah. I had similar experience um, when I was, um, I don't do it anymore, but SEO consulting. And um, I I had a client in the lead gen space and I had another client in e-commerce and just the lead gen, you know, client was not doing too well because they had, you know, very bad, you know, sales, you know, after sales, you know, process. And then I had to make a decision off and I really felt bad, you know, even though it was not necessarily my fault. So I had to make a decision to only work with like four funnel, you know, automated funnel, you know, businesses, which happen to be e-commerce. And then I switched to e-commerce, you know, a few years ago. But yeah, it does affect you when, you know, there are failures for but for customers or clients, rather,
1: okay. yeah, I take them all personally. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's 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 it just gives you, you know, you know, it reflects the kind of energy you've put in in the first place. Uh, um, yeah, fantastic. Now, if you could choose a single book or resource that has you know made the highest impact in, in building your business, which would it be?
1: For me, it was the book Built to Sell. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it, but okay. basically. Um, this guy runs this generalist agency doing all sorts of jobs for people. Um, it's all random. And this is where the kind of processes I was talking about comes into play. But it's like, if you like don't build a job, right. You want to build processes that you can bring other people in to do for you. And then, um, That way you're building an asset and you're not just building a job because I think it's easy to get trapped in. Even when it's your own e-commerce store, like if you're still fulfilling orders, that's something you can take off your plate. If you're still doing customer service, that's something you can take off your plate. And it's scary, but when you do those things, when you take things off your plate, you give yourself more time to focus on the important things. And that's when your business really starts to
0: grow. That's correct. I 100% agree with you. You can't actually, you know, um, walk into a job, even if you're involved in e-commerce, if you know, you're know you doing those um, tasks on a day to day basis. And we, we sometimes, you know, get really lazy, you know, with that, you know, mentally and just want to do the more mundane things rep- repetitively without actually working on the business. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so for our listeners who have, you know, listened to this very spot, um, they'd be keen definitely to hear more, you know, uh, about um, how you can help them. And, you know, just more about um, email automation, how email automation can actually move, you know, their stores forward. So um, where should listeners go? So
1: I'm giving away a free strategy session. It's not a sales call, I'm not gonna try to sell you. I'm just gonna give you actionable advice on how to grow your online store with email marketing. And to be completely transparent, the people that I talk to that I think I can help, I do invite to work with me, but I won't do that unless I know I can grow your sales by 20 to 30% or more with email. And whether we end up working together or not, you'll leave that conversation with actionable advice for improving your email marketing and applying the strategies that we talked about in this podcast, specifically to your business. And you can reserve your call at wavebreak.co slash strategy. That's W-A-V-E. B-R-E-A-K dot C-O
0: slash strategy. Okay. I'm going to link to it from the show notes for, for sure. Um, I mean, listeners are getting, you know, um, they're, 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 they're getting a lot, you know, from this 45-minute conversation we've just had, as well as, um, you know, 20-minute session. Um, it's been absolute value. It's been, I've learned a ton. Um, I think what really got me going was the Browse Abandonment series. That one is really good. Yeah, Dylan, <laughs> many, many thanks for your time. Um, yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's It's been a pleasure.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us in today's episode. And remember, Dylan has a free strategy session page live on www.wavebreak.co forward slash strategy. And he's going to give free 20 minutes of consultation of his to help you with your email funnels. Um, To download this episode's show notes and to read the full transcript, head over to 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast. Also be sure to follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Kunle T. Campbell or just type out Kunle Campbell on Google and you'd find me. Also be sure to follow 2xecommerce on Twitter. The, The handle is 2xecommerce. New episodes of 2xecommerce come out every Wednesday. And if you haven't already, Write us a review and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to share this episode, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The show 2 X e-commerce is produced by me with the help of Boban Markej. Thank you for listening, and catch you next week. Bye bye. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of Two X e-commerce.